they have just pretty much concluded the first big wave of free agency in the NBA. And they, when the gates opened, if you will, last Sunday, June the 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern time, by the time we got to July the 1st, which was Monday, they had spent already over $3 billion in contracts in the NBA. As we welcome you to this 364th episode of Unscripted, Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you. Think about it. They spent over $3 billion, and that was before the big fireworks, no pun intended, but the big fireworks at the end of the first week of free agency involving Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and how they both ended up in Los Angeles with the Clippers. But it all got started with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, both signing four-year, $141 million max deals, and they're max deals for guys that are coming from other teams. The Celtics and the Warriors were the only two teams that could have given uh, Irving and Durant more money, obviously being from their existing teams. But Irving and Durant hook up in, in uh, Brooklyn with the Nets, Again, both of them, four years, $141 million contracts. It'll be interesting to see. Kyrie Irving, a lot of people criticized his leadership abilities last year as a member of the Boston Celtics. It'll be interesting to see what he does in a leadership role for this upcoming season with the Brooklyn Nets, considering that more than likely Kevin Durant will not see the floor until the 2020-2021 season because of his blown-out Achilles tendon. So we can certainly talk about that. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a wide open race now, folks, for the NBA championship next year. Obviously, the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the same team. And think about the Hall. Remember when Chris and I were just about peeing ourselves laughing, literally, when the Minnesota Timberwolves asked for four number ones for Jimmy Butler? Remember that? Mm -hmm. And we just about gagged on that. Well, Paul George was traded to Los Angeles for five number ones, two swapped picks, and two players. I thought it's four number ones. It's five number ones. Or is it four number ones and a conditional number one? Right, something like that. But the total number is five ones. Then they have the opportunity, and I don't remember what years, it doesn't matter, but they can swap picks with the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder get to swap picks, meaning with the L.A. Clippers. And then they got the point guard, Alexander, and they got one other guy. I think it was Gallinari or Gallinardo or some crap like that, a guy that the Clippers had gotten from Denver previously. So all of those assets. So obviously now Oklahoma City is in full full rebuild mode. They've gotten now rid of Paul George. Supposedly, though, here was the funny part. Here was the fun part. There was a conversation supposedly last Monday involving Kawhi Leonard. This would have been, excuse me, Sunday before the big announcement that Durant was going to the Brooklyn Nets. So let's make it Sunday the 30th. There was a conversation between Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant. That's who Kawhi Leonard went to first. And he wanted to see about how amenable Kevin Durant was about signing with him in Los Angeles as a member of the Clippers. Now, supposedly Durant was just, he was blown away by this. He doesn't really know 
Kawhi Leonard that well. I mean, obviously they see each other every year at the All-Star game and stuff like this, and they'd see each other during the regular season, during warm-ups, and maybe a quick hello and goodbye after games and whatever have you. But I supposedly Durant was just blown away that Kawhi Leonard would come to him and ask if he wanted to join him in L.A. He said no because he had already committed to Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. And so whoever tells you that there is no communication between teams until the moratorium is lifted on June the 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern time is full of shit. These guys are talking all the time. Jesus Christ, don't kid yourself. You tell me LeBron James, who is one of his best friends in the world, happens to be Rich Paul, who happens to be the head of Clutch Sports, who happens to be one of the more powerful agents in NBA for NBA players right now. Tell me that they haven't been talking. They've been talking all year. Don't kid yourself. So then the plan B for Kawhi Leonard is to go to Paul George, and he tells Paul George to... Go to Sam Presti, who's the general manager of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and request a trade. Well, Sam Presti grew up in the San Antonio Spurs family, so he knows that he probably, the players have him by the short and curlies anyway, because if they don't trade him, the player's going to be a a handful. He's going to be a mess all year long. He's going to be a crybaby mess all year long. He's going to be moping around. So Sam Presti who worked under R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich in San Antonio, decides, well, hell, I got to get rid of them because I can't have a pouty George Paul George on my roster. So he goes out and gets himself five number ones, two players, and two draft picks that can be swapped. That's a pretty nice haul. That signifies to me that the Oklahoma City Thunder are now in full rebuild mode. They sent some guy somewhere today, actually, here on this Monday, they sent some guy somewhere else today. Jerry and Grant got traded today. Where? It doesn't matter. I don't care, but he's out of Oklahoma City. Now the question becomes with Oklahoma City, what do you do with Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook has been there 11 years. He'll be 32 years old by the time the NBA season starts, and he still has $170-plus million on his contract that he signed a couple of years ago with the Oklahoma City Thunder. My question to you folks out there in unscripted land, and especially to my partner and friend, Mr. Fluke here, who the fuck wants Russell Westbrook at 32 years of age and you still owe his dead ass 170 plus million dollars for the next four or five years? And that puts him at 35, 36. Now, I know he's a numbers machine in regard to double-doubles and triple-doubles and all this other stuff, but is he a good teammate? Obviously not. He had Paul George for two years, and all they did each year, each of those two years, was get eliminated in the first round of the NBA playoffs. So I feel bad for Toronto today, but they should have seen it coming. They should have known that Kawhi Leonard was going to be a one-year rental, and that I believe in my heart of hearts that Masai Ujiri knew that. He rolled the dice and won in regard to bringing home a championship to... Area code 619, but ultimately, now what do you do if you're a Toronto Raptor? Supposedly, there was discussions between the Raptors and the Oklahoma City Thunder about trading uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook to Toronto so they could appease Kawhi Leonard, and hopefully he's going to stay there. But... 
it, it I, I don't know, guys. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of incredulous. I feel bad for Toronto. Thankfully, they won a championship. Now, do you rebuild around Pasquale Siakam? Do you, you know, does Kyle Lowry stay around? Or maybe now, maybe now, do you start a rebuild in Toronto? Because think about it. Is Toronto the favorite next year going into the NBA season from the Eastern Conference? No. No. Milwaukee, Philadelphia, with what Philadelphia did in, in this free agent frenzy period, those teams on paper have got to look better, I would think, than the Toronto Raptors. Your thoughts, sir? Yeah, there's a lot there with the Raptors. Yeah, the thought was, and it sounds like this was more of a leverage move by uh, by Sam Presti. I think he was just trying to kind of see what's going on and and get the best deal he could out of the Clippers, and he did get a very good deal. I Although, I, I do really like that for both teams, though. I mean, because you get Paul George, one of the best players in the NBA, it gets you Kawhi as well, who mm-hmm. you get for just signing a contract, don't have to give up any assets for him. And all those, if they're, if they're as good as they think they're going to be, then those are all going to be late first-round picks, Correct. right? Correct. So, I mean, I think it's a great trade for both teams. The linchpin, I guess, if they were going to make the trade with Toronto was Oklahoma demanded that they trade Pascal Siakam, who just won the NBA's right. most improved player, rightfully so. That's the about the most prototypical, most improved player you're ever going to see right there. And that was the that was a deal breaker, I guess, there. But that would have been somewhat tempting because even though Westbrook is a pain in the ass, uh, you know, you're at the point where you're pretty much going to do either a rebuild or acquire a big star. Those are kind of your two options in the right. NBA. It is such a star-driven league. And I do like the Clippers a lot now with this. Maybe I don't like to ever pick with the fashionable, you know, mob there, but I think that the Clippers are going to be good. It won't surprise me at all if we see the Clippers and the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks did a great job not only having Giannis, but trying to keep him happy and getting ready by signing his brother there. They re-signed George Hill, who was that looking really good. That was a really great good. pick. That yeah. was a great one. They re-signed Chris Middleton, who looked pretty good. Signed Brooke Lopez. Uh, they brought his brother Robin in as a backup. They've done some really good things in Milwaukee, and I don't mean to temper you. I'll shut up real quick, but I do need to make one note to the Milwaukee organization, and this is specifically to the two ownership partner group of Wes Edens and Mark Lazry, the two New York City investment bankers. They are the Bucks. They are the Bucks owners, and they have really been at the hand, head of this renaissance, if you will, in Milwaukee in regard to the new building, the new practice facility. But my God, guys, come on. You're this close. Last year, you were two games from making the NBA Finals. You had a 2 nothing lead in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then the wheels fell off. Don't quite, Still don't know quite what happened there, but you've got the coach of the year, you've got the executive of the year in John Horst. Obviously, you had the NBA's MVP this year in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and yet you let Malcolm Brogdon walk. Now, again, Chris just mentioned this. Great that you re-signed Middleton. Good that you got George Hill back at three years and $29 million. Um, you got Robin Lopez, uh, they add him to the list to play with his brother, Brooke, as I mentioned, they also added to their bench in regard to bringing in Wesley Matthews as a shooter to come in on a one year veterans minimum. But come on guys, Milwaukee hasn't won a championship since 1971, hasn't been in the finals since 1974 and quite arguably after Giannis Antetokounmpo. After Giannis Antetokounmpo, the second best player on the Milwaukee roster last year, 
in this guy's, my opinion, and I think a lot of other people's too, a lot smarter than me in regard to basketball knowledge, thought that Brogdon was the Bucks' second best player. Here's a guy that shot over 50% from the field last year, over 40% from beyond the arc, and over 90% from the field. There's only five guys in the NBA history have done that. And they let him go. Now, they got a one, and they got two twos for him. Great. They got something. But come on, guys. Take it to the next level. You, Yes, you would have had to go into the luxury tax if you sign Brogdon and do all the other things that you had done. But let me tell you, folks, when it's been since 1971, since you've won a championship, it's been 1974 since you've been in the NBA Finals. Remember this, folks. In 2015, the Milwaukee Bucks won 15 games. They were 15 and 67. And now you're two games from the NBA Finals. You've got the best player in the league, supposedly, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Some would say in the world in Giannis. Come on, buck it up, guys. All you got to do to recoup that money is, obviously, you've got to, you know, charge more on your season ticket packages and more for your per-game seats. I get all that. And ultimately, Joe Consumer's paying for it. But, my God, you're this close. This was one of your key glue guys. And I'm a little disappointed. Excuse me. I'm a little disappointed in Milwaukee ownership because they didn't want to go into the luxury tax. When you're competing for championship guys, that's the price you have to pay. And I think ultimately, if the Bucks don't make it at least to the NBA Finals next year, I think this is going to be a big reason why, while Malcolm Brogdon is playing for the Indiana Pacers. Well, Wisconsin continues its tradition of extremely conservative ownership. No question. No <laughs> so question. I bet no question. I bet you're sick of that. But anyway, speaking of signing brothers, okay. So look, I think it's brilliant to sign Giannis's brother with you know pending contract negotiations coming up for a year from now. I think that's great. The LA Rams just signed Kettner Cup, brother of Cooper oh, Cup. Really? Yeah, now they're living together. Cooper said they're having a great time. Kettner's sleeping on his couch. They just love it. And, you know, because they, they're definitely going to want to sign Cooper Cup mm-hmm. to a long-term deal for sure. But then there's the wrong way to sign a brother, which let's talk about Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks and the shitty, shitty summer they're having. I don't know what the fuck they're doing signing all these random no-names to massive contract. But if you are going to have someone who does have a name, it's because of his brother. We've got Seth Curry, not Steph Curry. They signed him, what, four years, 32 million, I guess, 8 million a year. Okay. Number one, if you had a shot at getting Steph Curry, yeah, then you want to sign Steph, uh, Seth Curry. It sounds great. Uh, but number two, you don't sign a guy to a massive deal just because his brother is good. This was a massive overpay. Seth Curry has not proven anything in this league. And I thought this was a totally ridiculous contract. Mark Cuban is just wasting his money. I hope he makes some good deals on Shark Tank because, <laughs> because this is not going well for him. And there's been other teams that... and. And of course, what would unscripted be if we didn't bash the New York Knicks a little bit Correct. here? Okay, what could you buy for $100 million? Because you know what? I could buy a lot of things. I, I'll, I'll tell you what I'd buy. I would buy, I'd buy just an amazing house in the hills of Las Vegas, infinity pool, perfect view, the strip, like 10-car garage, few amazing cars. Uh, just uh, for $100 million, 
It'd be good. What would you buy with a hundred million? Well, I can tell you one thing I wouldn't buy, and that's Julius Randle. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All year long, all we have heard about in regard to this July first or June the thirtieth uh free agent frenzy start in the NBA stargazing period. All we have, all we've heard about since day one is that Kevin Durant was going to the New York Knicks. And you know, the New York Knicks, and you've heard this from my mouth before, the New York Knicks have not won an NBA championship since 1973. They have not been in the finals since 1999. That is ridiculous with all of the amenities that the New York Knicks can offer teams. But the Knicks, and especially this goes to James Dolan again, and there always seems to be a certain theme when you're talking about idiots and the New York Knicks in the same sentence. There should be a picture of James Dolan. Because James Dolan, on the eve of free agency, when the news came out that Durant and Irving were taking their talents cross town to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Dolan comes out and says, I was not prepared to give Kevin Durant a full, you know, the, the big ticket item, the max deal with the bad Achilles. Are you freaking kidding me? See, there's the difference between the Golden State Warriors, a championship team, and the New York Knicks, a pile of human crap. The difference is that Joe Lacob and Peter, I can't, I think his name is Goober, but Peter Gruber, I think is his name, is the second owner, minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. They supposedly offered max contracts to both Clay Thompson and to Kevin Durant, knowing damn well that both of them probably won't see the floor for this upcoming season. That's why... The Golden State Warriors are a destination place for free agents, and they will com- they will stay competitive regardless as if they had lost Thompson like they have lost Kevin Durant. There's a different ownership mentality. I don't know what the hell's going on in New York. I think people have been asking that question since 1973, especially diehard Knicks fans. But my God, James Dolan, sell the team, give it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Please get out of the ownership role because you are ruining, ruining the New York Knicks. It's surprising to me that the guy that was the number one free agent, Panarin, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, I I don't think James Dolan must knock too much on John Davidson's door or his predecessor, Glenn Sather's door, on the hockey operation sides of MSG, because when the Rangers want a player, they seem to go and get him. But what's with the fucking Knicks? This is a disgrace to the NBA. You've got unbelievable big names. Can you imagine what it would look like for Giannis Antetokounmpo in the orange and blue of the New York Knicks next year? But I can tell you one thing, I'm pretty confident in saying this, that if Giannis leaves, it won't be for New York. No, it won't, but he's not leaving anyway. No, but I'm just saying... New York should be in on every big guy. Yeah. Every big guy should at least have a conversation, you'd think, with the New York Knicks. I really believe that because of all the -the off-the-court things that New York can offer to a player, all the business opportunities, everything. Biggest uh, media market in the world. And they're signing guys like Julius Randle and signing other... You've got the list in front of you. Yeah, so $100 million, they got two years of Bobby Portis... Julius Randle and Taj Gibson. Okay. That's $100 million right there. And Taj Gibson, Minnesota didn't want Taj Gibson. Well, he's 34. Well, what? But I'm just saying, they didn't want him. Bobby Portis, remember, he was the guy that bashed the face in of Nikola Mirotic. 
Mirotich, excuse me, when they were both in Chicago. Nobody wanted this piece of shit. And Julius Randle, this is third team in three years. He was with the Lakers two years ago. Last year, this last year with the New Orleans Pelicans and now the New York Knicks. What's wrong with Julius Randle? <laughs> Here's the problem. He's Julius Randle. The New York Knicks should be in every conversation. It doesn't mean everybody's going to sign there, but everybody should at least have a sit down with, at the very least, Steve Mills, the general manager. And if it really gets to a serious stage, you bring in that, you know, that human doorknob, James Dolan. How in the hell did that guy make his money? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I guess he did it the old-fashioned way. He inherited it. Because he ain't smart enough to acquire it himself. I just can't believe that the New York Knicks can't get a sit-down with anybody. And then, they, as Chris just documented to you, they spend $100 million on three hockey bucks, on three hockey bags full of hockey pucks. Not NBA all-star players. Three bags of hockey pucks. That's what the Knicks got for $100 bucks. Yeah, and it, it's really the sign of a flawed loser organization when instead of, if you do miss out on a bunch of top-notch marquee free agents, you then just go and overpay a bunch of bums. That is the mark of a losing franchise, and that's a horrible mindset. So if we want to go the other side, let's talk about the Golden State Warriors signing D'Angelo Russell, four years, $117 million. Just another feather in their cap. Clay Thompson goes down. Kevin Durant goes down and leaves. No big deal. We've still got Steph Curry. Clay Thompson will be back. And we're just going to sign D'Angelo Russell now. And we're just going to keep signing awesome guys because even though it's friggin', it's friggin' San Francisco and Oakland. Like, yeah. this is not New York. This right. is like, you know, put down your sprout sandwich and please come to our game once in a while, <laughs> you stupid hippies. You know, but like, and they're, and they're a winning franchise. They were nothing until a few years ago. Even as a, as a historical franchise, they had that one championship in the one okay era that nobody remembered who was, you know, my age at least. And now all of a sudden they are the dynasty in the NBA. In, I got to tell you this. In 1980, okay, in 1980, when the Golden State Warriors were dog shit, they were terrible. They were more famous. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I remember it like it was yesterday. They were more famous for guys getting busted for smoking weed up hmm. in the top. No. In the top. Uh, in the top. In the rafters? In the rafters of Oracle Arena in Oakland because they couldn't draw flies to the games because the team was dog shit. But now you can't find a seat to the uh, and oh, next no. year. Next year, it'll be in the chase center in downtown San Francisco, just down the street from AT&T park where the San Francisco giants play, but you will not find a seat next year in the chase center. And I think you've got to give a lot of credit to the two owners that I've mentioned earlier. Uh, Myers, the general manager, obviously Steve Kerr, the head coach, but also, I think we've got to, I think sometimes, and this is unfortunate, this guy gets kind of as an off afterthought. But folks, let me tell you something. One of the best players in the NBA, Chris and I seem to know it. I don't think he gets enough respect due in the NBA circles. But Stephen Curry is, he is a franchise cornerstone. And as long as they have number 30 on their roster, oh, yeah. the Golden State Warriors are still going to be fine, folks. They're still going to be fine. And they're still going to have people wanting to play with Steph Damn Curry right. as yeah. well. Uh, just a quick uh, note of a few other teams and how they did. Uh, you hate to say it, but 
what about the Celtics signing Kemba Walker and Enos Cantor? I mean, that I'll take that over Kyrie Irving any day. No question. Um, you know, great signing there. I'm a little bit concerned for Celtics fans in regard to their guy in the middle, their man in the middle. Right now is Enos Cantor. He'll be their starter coming into the season. But remember, they had sent backup center Aaron Baines uh, to Phoenix. Obviously, Hal, Al Horford surprised a lot of people by leaving. Boston and signing on with the Philadelphia 76ers. That was a huge surprise to me. That front line in Philadelphia next year with Tobias Harris at small forward, Al uh, Horford at big forward, and Joel Embiid at center, that is going to be very difficult for anybody to penetrate offensively next year uh, when you play the Philadelphia 76ers. Boston still has issues on their front line. But I still think they're a better team without Kyrie Irving than they are with Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the guy who, to me, competes with Derek Jeter and Jim Benning for worst GM in pro sports, Vladi Divac. <laughs> I think he heard me when I asked the whole $100 million question because he said, hold my beer. I am signing Harrison Barnes, four years, $85 million. Yeah. What well, the fuck is that? Here's the thing, though. And and I'm not I'm not a Vladi fan even be, even though he was a Laker at one time. Vladi has has made some real questionable calls as the general manager of the Sacramento Kings. But here's the problem: Have you ever been to Sacramento? No. It's a shithole. Okay. And you're 80 miles east of the San Francisco yeah. Oakland yeah. Bay Area. Only 80 miles. Only 80 miles. And it's the capital of uh, California, which absolutely. a lot of people don't know. Yeah, yeah absolutely correct. But the city of Sacramento is not a garden spot, okay? There is a reason that they have been uh, infrequent players in free agent signings because, well, they've got the huge amount of 13% sales tax that you pay for and property tax and whatever tax that you've got in the state of California. Plus, Sacramento is not L.A. Sacramento is not the Bay Area. Sacramento is not San Diego. Um it's just not a garden spot. And I, Vlade probably had to push the panic button a little bit to make sure he kept Harrison Barnes, who's a good player, a serviceable NBA player, but is he a superstar? Hell no. Over $20 million a year. Give me a fucking well, break. You know, eighty. I mean, as much as I love Malcolm Brogdon, um, four years, $85 million. These contracts are just They're, wild. The game, the game of basketball has gotten out of style, and you can see why the NBA, excuse me, the NFL players are a little envious. And you've seen a lot of NBA, NFL players, excuse me, make mention about in their next collective bargaining agreement that they want some more NBA numbers to come into their game. The NBA numbers are stacked, folks. But here's the difference: twelve to fifteen man rosters versus forty-five to 53-man rosters yeah. in the NFL. There's the difference. And the NHL, too. And the NHL, oh, right. Yeah, Absolutely. just a lot of players, yeah. Uh, uh, the Utah Jazz getting Mike Conley and making some nice moves. Uh, Portland Trail Blazers re-signing Damian Lillard and Rodney Hood. Good moves. They should be competitive next year. Sixers looking good. You know what's funny to me was, you know how you knew, all the teams... All the big cities that have two teams, there's always like the premier franchise right. and the and the, the second one. Yeah. Well, guess what? The one of the only teams that hasn't had to worry about the whole two team thing in a big city was the New York Knicks. There was the New Jersey Nets, correct? But they're now the Brooklyn Nets, mm -hmm. and now it's almost like, which is the team that 
that's acting like it has the New York swagger, has the black and white uniforms, has the gangster owners, not the not James Dolan, not the Irish gang or whatever he is, but the <laughs> like the actual like badasses as owners there. And they're signing badass weirdo Kevin Durant, whatever he's become, Kyrie Irving. You know, they're signing these badass guys to big contracts. The Brooklyn Nets are trying to, and I think, frankly, they've pretty much succeeded. They are New York's badass, mm -hmm. interesting team with the marquee players, and the Knicks are just crap. And I think at this point, you have to consider the Knicks to be the Jets. Or I would have said Clippers before, but now the now actually LA is reversed too. Now the Clippers are the cool place, and now the Lakers look like an absolute gigantic mess. Well, I, I do have to, and I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, and and I said this on a on a recent episode. If you're looking at the marquee franchise right now in the city of Los Angeles, is it the Lakers? No. No way. Is it the Dodgers? Eh, maybe. Is it the Kings? Not right not now. Really. No, not really. No, not right now. No. no. Um, I like the hiring of Todd McClellan, but what have they done to improve themselves? Really, not much. Um, the best run team in Southern California, professional sports wise, right now. It may be hard for some of you people to swallow this, but the honest to God truth is the best run professional sports team right now in the Southland is the LA Clippers. Steve Ballmer and his Microsoft money has come in there. And he's building them, has already built them a new practice facility. He's building them a new arena out by where the Rams stadium is out at Hollywood Park. I mean, the, the, the Clippers are trying to break away from being in the shadow of the L.A. Lakers. And let me tell you, folks, right now, they're doing a hell of a job. And if they can add a few more augmented pieces to their roster to go along with what they've got in regard to Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, uh, Randy Beverly or Derek, whatever the hell his name is, Beverly, Patrick Beverly, excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, you've got a couple of really good pieces there, folks. Um, <laughs> the, the Clippers, I right now, look at it this way. Right off the top of my head, this should be a wide open NBA run for the championship next season in the NBA. And most of the teams should be considered as contenders, realistically should be coming out of the West again. You've got to put the Clippers there. Regardless of how I feel, I still put the Lakers there because if you have a healthy LeBron James with an Anthony Davis, they've added Boogie Cousins. This morning they added former Celtic guard Avery Bradley. They've added a couple of other pieces. The Lakers, at the very least, will break the six-year playoff drought for sure. But look at the teams that should be in consideration next year for an NBA championship. Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. Sixers, Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz, Blazers. Every one of those teams are in the West except for the Bucks and the Sixers. And I really believe that's going to be status quo. Yeah. And uh, here's a little preview of Freeform Friday. Darren Rovell at Darren Rovell. How much money does Steve Ballmer have? He could buy the 15 most valuable teams in the NBA and still have $5 billion left over. So that's, that's how you know you've got a lot of money. Well... But and you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt, but here's the other thing. And this and Kawhi Leonard made mention of this. Kawhi Leonard's meeting with the with the Clippers last Thursday, and uh, he had made mention that one of his main selling points, besides being able to go home to Los Angeles, but Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers is a recruiter. He is a guy that players want to play for because of his former days as an NBA All-Star with the Atlanta Hawks and a couple other teams. But Doc is the ultimate players coach, 
And what do you have across the hall at the Staples Center? This is not the Lakers that I grew up with. This is not the Lakers of 16 NBA championships. This is the meteor, this is, excuse me, the mediocre Lakers when all they can do is hire Frank Vogel as the coach. <laughs> what the fuck is a Frank Vogel? Okay. I all apologies to Mrs. Vogel, but in a star-driven league, in a star-driven city, you've got Doc Rivers and Steve Ballmer on one side. Frank Vogel and Rob Polinka on the other side. And here's the really sad thing. Really sad thing, because I know this guy personally, have had the opportunity to sit in meetings with him. One of the nicest guys I've ever met in my days in the radio business, and even before that, Jerry West. People don't people seem to forget about this. The logo? But Jerry the logo, that's right. Very good. Jerry West helped build the Golden State Warriors as to what they are today. Two years ago, he resettled down in the Southland. He's helping rebuild the Los Angeles Clippers. When Jerry West was let go by the Lakers, that really, folks, was kind of the beginning of the end, in my opinion. Yeah, it's amazing how the Lakers and the Knicks are, seem to be doing a lot of similar stuff. I like the Clippers this year now because it's not just they're signing big names. You look at, you know, they say defense wins championships, and that gets underrated in the NBA, but... Kawhi Leonard, former Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. Patrick Beverly plays great defense, right? I mean, I think these are these are just brilliant signings for sure. Uh, but uh, the Kings, yeah, Harrison Barnes, Corey Joseph, three years, thirty-seven million. What the hell? What the hell's a Corey Joseph, by the way? Anyway, these are just ridiculous things going on in the NBA. But uh, I mean, I can't believe how many signings there were. It was absolutely unbelievable. Next year, because uh, Giannis will have qualified for a what they call a super max contract which will be over 200 million dollars next year if he re-signs with the milwaukee bucks but when do you start the recruiting pitch if you're john horst and the ownership group of the milwaukee bucks because the milwaukee bucks go from the penthouse literally to the outhouse if giannis antetokounmpo is allowed to leave milwaukee i don't think that will happen i'm praying to god that it doesn't happen but and I think, obviously, step number one was bringing his brother, what is it, Thanis? T-H-A-N-N-I-S? Sure. That's my guess. Sure. They brought his brother in on a two-year guaranteed deal. That was on Sunday. But when do you start the recruiting pitch, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, to Giannis Antetokounmpo? Because, again, if you lose him, you go back, and what I've, you've heard me say a million times in regard to the Packers, 29 years of crap between Coach Lombardi and Coach Holmgren, if you lose Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Dark Ages are the next place for the Milwaukee Bucks because they will not be able to compete without number 34. When do you start the recruiting process of Giannis Antetokounmpo? You have one calendar year now, basically, to get your ducks in a line and start pitching Giannis on staying in Milwaukee long term. Oh, he'll he'll I have I just have no doubt that he's going to stay there. They'll sign him for the max. It'll be really simple as far as I'm concerned. They got his brother there. It all looks good. Also the Clippers, I mean, they've been doing a lot. They they've been in a matter of days. The Clippers just re, like yeah, just well, they, solidified everything. Like they got their backup big man, uh, Zubac, and then they've got uh Rodney Magruder, another good defensive player. Zubac, I mean, Zubac who they got from the Lakers. Yeah, and th there you go. And meanwhile, the Lakers 
Uh, I, you know, I'm really regretting turning down Rob Palenka's offer of two years, 30 million, because they've signed Danny Green to it uh, instead of me, apparently, because they just felt like giving someone random two or 30 million. I know Danny Green uh, came as, you know, a, a big part of the Kawhi Leonard trade and guy who could shoot, but I seem to remember them uh, in Toronto during the playoffs not playing him that much at the end. And you've so, got a great memory, my friend, because yeah. if you if you Jesus. folks remember, especially as it got around games three, four, five, and six in the NBA Finals against Golden State in the second half, uh, Nick Nurse, the coach of the Raptors, was playing a lot more of a backcourt involving Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet instead of Kyle Lowry and Danny Green. So uh, I think that's a great point by you, sir. Well done. Um, I, I'm I'm. It's just incredulous to me. I know I've gotten windy on this one, but where and the hell have the New York Knicks and the Los Angeles Lakers gone in our subconscious? Really? Yeah. And the, out of this massive list of contract signings, the only mention I've seen of the Atlanta Hawks, Jabari Parker, two years, 13 million. Why? Well, that's a rebuild job. And you know what? Um, Atlanta's got some good pieces for the future. They're in the middle of a rebuild. They've got the kid from Oklahoma, Young. They've got a couple of really good pieces. Jabari Parker can score. The problem is he can't defend a cold. So if he scores 20, but he gives up 24, well, his plus rest, his plus minus rating sucks. And I think Jabari Parker will be a one-year rental in Atlanta. Well, and then, but they, why sign him for two? And does he give a shit about playing well, the basketball? Second, the second, I would imagine, it maybe won't say there, but I bet the second one is a team option. The second mm. year, that, that would be my guess. That was the same deal he was on this year in Chicago. Uh, Chicago gave him two years at forty million dollars, but the second year was a was a team option. Obviously, that forty million has gone down to thirteen million. So somebody in somebody's organization has figured out that Jabari Parker can score the basketball but he can't defend his mother from scoring the basketball. <laughs> We've got to run on this uh, 364th episode of Unscripted. We will get to the National Hockey League. I promise you, I want to get to it because one of my favorite players from my neck of the woods has signed a contract with some other team. There's a little little teaser for you. But we've got to run on this 364th episode of Unscripted. We thank you very much for joining us and hope that you continue to do so. For the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.